arms will hold you good and tight when it's exactly twelve o'clock that night. Welcoming in the Hello, my friend. I'd like to pray for you today, and I especially want to pray for you over addictions. What is it that's holding you down? What is it that you're addicted to? In the authority of the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I pray for you today. I rebuke the devil from the grip that he has, for the grip that that addiction has on your life. I curse it in the name of Jesus. That which is hindering your body, that which is hindering your mind and your will and your emotions, I pray right now for God to heal you. I rebuke the addiction. I rebuke the grip that it has. I curse it, I bind it in the name of Jesus. And I pray over you. I pray over you. I pray for the Spirit of God to set you free in every area of your life and from every addiction to go. And I believe it. And I'm expecting something good to happen to you in the mighty name of the Lord. Amen and amen. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Sobers Dope. Happy New Year's Eve as we are on the precipice of a brand new year. It comes with a lot of hope and anticipation for what 2021 can bring 2020 was definitely a year that tests our will and our ability to hang in there and survive. We lost a lot of good people in 2020. I lost family. I lost friends. It's been tough for everyone. The country's been going through a lot, but we're surviving. And I want to just thank everyone who helped the Sober is Dope experience thrive for the last year and a half, everyone out there who's participated, whether it's through social media, by listening to the podcast, by giving me encouragement. I mean, I just turned eight years sober, December um, 15th of this year, and it was just a humbling experience, all the outpouring of love and everything. So I just, this episode is really important because whether you are new to recovery in early sobriety or you're a seasoned vet or you fall somewhere in the middle, New Year's Eve is a big day for all of us to stay focused and put our recovery in the forefront. And I don't want anyone relapsing. And I remember my first year, my second year, I was so afraid. I didn't know what to do. You know, I just really had to pray and pace myself and really take it one second at a time. That's when I remember one day at a time around this point of the year wouldn't work. It was like one second at a time, one minute at a time, one hour at a time. And I made it through each New Year's Eve and each holiday one by one, and I'm here eight years later. So I just want to share some of my experience and some tips, my top tips um, or the tips that I really feel I really want to share. I think these combination of tips can really help someone out there have a successful New Year's Eve where the dreaded R word of relapse is not an option. 
right? We don't want one person relapsing this year. And we have the extra pressure of the pandemic, the isolation, and, you know, people out there just hanging by a thread. So I really just want you guys to know, one, I love you all for trying. If you're new to recovery, hang in there. Recovery is a beautiful thing. It's It will transform your life. It's a promise of transformation. It's a promise of a renewed life. It's a new lease. And as long as you stay committed to yourself, to God and the promises you made to yourself, because remember, we can't recover for anyone else. It has to be for ourselves. We have to be ready. We have to be willing. We have to be humble. And we have to be ready to forgive ourselves and be open to seek forgiveness from others. So with that being said, I just want to get into it because I know we're doing a lot and I don't want this to be a long episode. Celebrating New Year's Eve sober. My first tip and my most important tip is stay home if you have the option of staying home. If you're in a, if your home is a safe environment where there's not going to be a lot of alcohol, stay in, chill, cook some food, pray, you know, go to a meeting or something like that and just really focus, especially for everyone that's new in recovery. You may feel like you're, it may be peer pressure or friends or someone saying, oh, you got to go out. What are you doing this New Year's Eve? And you may feel like you're ready, but you may not be ready. And to be really safe, it's better to play it safe, stay home, relax, and stay in a safe environment. And if you do stay home, I would say invite over another friend or an accountability partner or have someone on standby who can be there for you if anything tends to trigger you or cause you to start thinking and feeling slippery thoughts and emotions. My next tip is have someone that you could call on for help. So this could be a family, a friend, but if you're in a situation where you do go out or you're in a situation where you decide to stay home and the environment starts to get tricky, tricky and you start to feel triggered and it becomes too much, have someone you could call that could come over, sit with you or pick you up from whatever event that you decide to go to and someone that could be like your guardian angel, someone in the family or a friend that you could trust to be there. So definitely have a few people on standby and this could go a long way. Practice self-care. Practicing self-care is really important, and this helped me um, till this day. Just making sure you really start the day off right, whether that's, you know, getting a massage, meditating, really taking a nice, long, hot shower, pampering yourself, making sure your hair is done. Fellas, get your hair cut. My ladies out there, you know, get your hair done. Um, and just really put yourself in a position where you feel beautified, refreshed, and you're, you, you, you feel like we say in Brooklyn fly. And this is why when you feel good and look good and you take care of yourself and you practice self care and you're drinking teas and you're eating good food and you feel good and you look good and you're rested, 
you're not going to want to throw all of that away by getting intoxicated. Because we know once we get intoxicated, things get dirty, they get ugly, and we tend to abuse ourselves. So practice self-care could go a long way in just ensuring that you're in the right physical state and the right emotional and mental state. My next tip is if you decide to go out and you decide to go to whatever event that's going on, carry a photo or a reminder. It could be a mantra. It could be a prayer. It could be a picture of a loved one. It could be a picture of your kids, your wife or your husband. It could be something really emotional or sentimental that brings your recovery to the front every time you look at it. So this could be kind of like a secondary accountability measure. Like if you start to get triggered and you feel like you could slip up, remember there's a lot at stake. For some of us, our our whole life is at stake. Our jobs, our marriage, our bank accounts, our relationship with our children, our relationship with our parents, our relationship with our friends, our relationship with ourselves and God and all of the work that we put in could be gone overnight in a second if we give in. So you want to have something that's really a reminder and watch the smoke and mirrors of the nightlife going out. You're going to see people, they're going to be dressed. They're going to look good. Everyone is going to be on a diff. They're not going to be their true selves. They're most likely going to already be drinking. And there's going to be a lot of people that can tempt you just through the environment because it's all smoke and mirrors when you go out, right? Everyone is just f pretending to be something they not just to have a good time, you know, and you know, when people get in crowds, they tend to act differently than they would be alone. So you want to make sure you're not put in a situation where your whole recovery could be jeopardized. So carry something to remind you what's at stake. You know, carry a picture of yourself, carry a picture of you prior when you was using or getting drunk so you can remember how deep the rabbit hole goes and how dark it could be. My next tip is if you go out, bring a fellow sober person along with you. So this could be a great accountability partner, but it could be the best type because now you could be accountable to them. They can be accountable to you. Right. And you have someone to hang out with in the party that, you know, someone to talk to kind of like there's nothing better than a sober wing person. So my thing is to reach out to some of your sober friends or if you don't have a sober friend, um, reach out to just someone that you could trust that could be very sensitive and protective of your recovery when you go out. So in my case, I have friends that if I say, yo, you know, I don't want to go to this place because I feel like my recovery might be in jeopardy, they'll say, yo, let's just go get something to eat. Let's catch a movie. Let's do something else, right? It wouldn't even be a second thought because, you know, I have certain friends where getting drunk and high is not their prerogative either, you know? Um, so just try to have a sober friend go out with you or someone that you can trust, the next tip is one of my favorite ones is having an effective exit strategy. So, you know, you go out, you go to these events, you're in recovery. Things start to get a little bit out of hand. People get drunk or high way too early. Fights start breaking out. People start getting belligerent. You know, it starts triggering you 
and it's a familiar place, a familiar energy that you're not really accustomed to anymore because you're in recovery. You have to have a solid exit strategy. So that means that when you go there, you want you may want to communicate with the host and say, listen, I may be leaving early today. So if I don't see you, if I can't say goodbye, that means I left early. I'll follow up with you tomorrow. But I'm here now. Show them some love. So now you don't feel obligated. So when you have to leave, it's not like you letting someone down. And I want to qualify that by saying you don't have to really explain anything to anyone. When it's your recovery and your emotional stability, um, it starts to become jeopardized. Get up and go. Never wait. Never try to explain anything. We have cell phones for a reason. You could leave one of your friends or you could leave someone in the party. Go outside. Once you're in a safe space, a safe distance, call them and say, I had to leave. I was getting triggered. Are you coming or not? I'm going home and go home. All right. So have an effective exit strategy. Know how you're going to go get there. Know how you're going to get home. Make sure you have your transportation lined up. Make sure you have whether it's an Uber, a taxi, a ride, have all of that lined up. Now, the next tip is one of my most important tips, and they're all important, but this one is really serious because this is how things get out of control. I want you guys to identify, understand, and master your triggers. So before going out, when you or even while you're listening to this, write down your triggers, understand them. And this is important because you could just wind up in an environment that's just that has multiple triggers. Like you could go to the wrong party. It could be an ex or a friend that triggers you. It could be a family member that you're not in alignment with that triggers you. It could be your ex-wife, your ex-husband, someone sitting there that you feel very uncomfortable around. And then on top of that, they could be serving drinks and it could be at a familiar place that triggers you where you used to use or get drunk at. And then next thing you know, you're in this full blown, you know, cycle of you know, torment and this could trigger you. So I want you to not sit. I want you to protect yourself and understand your triggers so you can set yourself up to win. You don't want to put yourself in a situation where you fail. Fail may be a little too harsh. You don't want to put yourself in a situation that jeopardizes your recovery and all of your hard work, right? Because you will regret it the next day. So understanding your triggers mean when you are confronted with them, you're, you have your guard up and then you could just say, no, I'm not doing this. I'm leaving. I don't want to see this person. I didn't sign up for this. Or you may walk into a place. Someone may invite you out and say, oh, no, it's going to be some light drinks there. Nothing. It's just a family environment. And then you go there and it looks like a frat party. Right. And you're caught off guard because you're thinking you're going somewhere grown and sexy, civilized. And then you get there and it's just out of control. It's pandemonium. And you're like, yo, I didn't really sign up for this, man. You don't have to stay in those environments. And this, these are the moments that get really uncomfortable. And why I'm stressing this is I want you to be prepared. It gets really uncomfortable when you get dressed. You tell everyone you're going out. You're hoping to have a good time. You spend money. You travel. You get to a place. And then it's not what you expect it to be. 
and then you feel some weird obligation to stay because you came this far, because you have these friends with you, because it might get better, or you're just you're just sitting there. You don't have the courage to really speak up. You feel like, oh man, I don't want to disappoint my friends. So you jeopardize your recovery and your sanity by remaining in an environment that's not healthy for you. This is a trigger and this is the worst types of triggers because they catch you off guard, right? And it happens fast. Like you walk into a place and next thing you know, you're extremely uncomfortable. So those are the tell signs. If you're uncomfortable, if you just don't feel like you fit in, it's not the right place for you. Get out and leave. You know, a couple of doors down, it might be a nice burger joint where it's chill. It might be a lounge down the block. You might get out, walk down the block and walk into another place and it's just perfect. But don't stick around toxic environments. So that's my thing. I want you to watch toxic people, toxic environments, toxic places, toxic thoughts, toxic things. And that leads to slippery people, slippery places, slippery things, right? So... And slippery thoughts and ideas. So even the thoughts in your own head can be triggered. So watch that. It's New Year's Eve. This is our New Year's Eve episode. How to stay sober through New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. Let's celebrate a sober New Year's. Let's close out 2020 with a bang and go into 2021, which is the year of elevation. That's the theme of the Sober is Dope podcast in 2021. I want everyone to elevate. So as well as identifying your triggers, I want you to also identify your intentions. Now, you need to ask yourself tomorrow when you get up, what do I want to accomplish today? What do I, what's my intentions? Is it really important that I go out? Do I really have to party tonight? Do I really have to go to this event? Am I doing it because I'm obligated by someone else or am I doing it for me? Identify your intentions. Why are you doing this? When you really think about it, you should only be doing something that's healthy for your recovery and that's suitable for your mood. It should be about you. When you're in recovery, I'm sorry. These are the moments in recovery where we have to be selfish. We live a life of service. We live a life of accountability. We live a life of humility. But listen, some cases we have to be 100% selfish. It's all about us. I don't care if you got to tell your husband, go without me or your wife, go without me. I don't care if you have to tell a parent. I don't care if you got to tell a child. Listen, this is what it's going to be. It has to be conducive to your recovery or it's a no go. These are the laws. These are the rules. This is how it works. Because if you do something for someone else that takes you out of your comfort zone and jeopardizes you and triggers you and then you relapse, you're going to be you're going to be very pissed. You're going to be very upset. You're going to be disappointed in the person that brought you to that place and you're going to be disappointed in yourself. So understand your intentions. Ask yourself the right questions. This is how you stay sober and you beat the New Year's Eve rush. You do not have to. Society doesn't warrant you or need you to go out and get drunk and party like a maniac because it's some New Year's Day, some New Year's Eve. It's a tradition that's not a healthy tradition. It's a toxic tradition to get drunk prior to a new year. It's like, no, you don't want to bring in your new year 
on with a hangover and a headache and throwing up and no one has time for that. It's 2021 and now we're going to elevate. Okay, so understand your intentions. Next, I want you to understand and set boundaries. This means that if you go out, you have strict boundaries and only you can set your particular boundaries. But for me, one of my boundaries is do not get close to me with alcohol. Don't push alcohol on my face. Don't try to force me to drink. Don't try to buy me any drink. If I tell you I'm fine and you try more than once, we're going to have a problem. So if I go out with someone and they say, yo, what you drinking? I'm good. Already ordered my stuff. I'll get my own drinks, not drinking tonight. Thanks. If the person has it in them to ask me one more time, I'm going to step to that person and say, look, don't ask me for, don't offer me no alcohol. Ask me for no drinks. I told you once I'm not playing. I'm in recovery. That's my boundary. Don't push me. You got to learn to tell someone to stop when the peer pressure, because adult peer pressure is real. And you can have some obnoxious idiot that's being belligerent and not listening and being forceful and making you feel uncomfortable. And to my ladies out there, my women, I'm definitely, this could, this happens a lot because I understand men's trying to court you. They're probably going to be trying to get you drinks. People's going to be pushing. You have to set boundaries. And the moment it gets too uncomfortable, you just have to leave, right? If the environment can't be tamed, then leave. And for my fellas, same thing goes to you. It could be someone that's aggressive. It could be a guy, a woman. It could be anyone, right? This goes to any gender, any sex, any scenario, anything. This is a fluid situation. This is a fluid scenario. And what I mean by that is no matter what your orientation is, you're going to be dealing with other people who just may be toxic and ignorant. And you have to make sure you set boundaries for yourself and protect yourself. And remember, you don't have to tolerate anyone else's ignorance when it comes to your health, mindset and recovery. All right. This is important. The next thing I want to talk about is cravings. If you're somewhere and for some reason you start having these cravings out of nowhere and you don't know why something in you is like, yo, I just want to drink or something in you is like, I just would maybe if I just take one pull of the weed or maybe trigger warning, by the way, this is going to be a big trigger warning. I'm going to have to speak plainly. So trigger warning, please. I'm talking real frank because we have to understand what's at stake. So if you having cravings where your mind is playing tricks on you, you have to get out of that environment and then go back to the basics. What's the basics? Make sure you're not hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, and stay hydrated, right? So you have to halt, stop, and say, well, make, let me go get some water, drink some water. Let me go get a Gatorade, something like that. Let me go get something to eat. Make sure you're not hungry, all right? If you're lonely or something and you feel isolated and you're not connecting with nobody, then get out of Dodge, go back home, Call someone you trust. Go back to tip number one. Call your accountability partner or your friend or the person that you trust to come pick you up. Watch your cravings because they could creep up on you. And the next thing you know, you're not focused or you're not the same person. You, you need to be reset. And the way you reset is you pull out that photograph or that reminder. You call the person you trust. You make sure you get something to drink and stay hydrated and you get out of Dodge. All right. 
These are important tips, ladies and gentlemen. And I just have friends and family. I just want you really to win and we could get through this. Um, attend a New Year's celebration with a support group like Alcoholic Anonymous, maybe Smart Recovery, or maybe you know a group, a private group of friends that you create around sobriety. Attend, you know, create your own New Year's celebration. Um, tomorrow I will be speaking at 5 p.m. Um, on, with a AA group that invited me to speak. And um, it's going to be really cool. If you're interested and you're listening to this, you can always inbox me or email me at soberisdope at gmail.com. And I'll send you a link. But that's going to help me. So from 5 o'clock to 6 or 7 o'clock, I'll be on this meeting. I'm listening to other people. Okay, so I start my day off with self-care rituals. Um, I'm eating good food. I'm cooking. I'm relaxing. I'm chilling. Then I speak and listen to other people speak around five to six. And now I'm setting up my evening. Right. So and I'm staying home tomorrow because I never go out on New Year's Eve. That's just my personal thing. I could go out on New Year's Day. I could celebrate New Year's Day, but I do not necessarily celebrate New Year's Eve. Traditionally, I'll stay home. I get my best non-alcoholic beverages. I chill. I make a nice pot of food. And I chill with whoever, whatever family's around and just relax. So that's my deal. And the next thing I want to say, my next tip on how to stay sober during New Year's Eve is don't worry. Don't overthink. All right. This might sound a little out of box, but the problem is we tend to overthink about what we're going to do in the whole day. Just enjoy the process. Just make a clear decision. Make a plan beforehand. Am I going out or am I staying home? Am I ready to go out or am I not ready to go out? It's a clear, ask yourself a, a clear question. Don't overthink it. Keep it simple, stupid. Like, you know, keep it simple, stupid is an old um, term that I we used to use in Alcoholic Anonymous, which I loved. It was a kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. And what that meant was if you try to overthink it and you start worrying and complicating things, your thoughts start ruminating, you create anxiety. And next thing you know, it's like, yo, I'm stressed out. And you don't want to be one thing you don't want to be on New Year's Eve is stressed out. So your plan, start your day off clean. Do your self-care rituals. Keep it simple. I'm staying home. I'm watching this movie, playing some music, got my food. You know, and another thing, order your best food. This is a day where you could splurge. Spend a hundred dollars on that seafood platter, right? You you're gonna spend three times that amount going out anyway. So you might as well eat a feast, be merry, and be happy. Um my next tip is there's events out there and things that you could do that have nothing to do with alcohol, right? You go to a church event, you go to church or you can find someone that just doesn't like that throws an alcohol free party. They have alcohol free lounges now. Right. They have Cava lounges and these coffee lounges and these sober bars. Right. So now we have more options than we did 10 years ago. So look up your local sober bar and say, yo, I'm going sober dancing. Look up a sober event. They have sober meetups online. You can just Google soda sober meetups in your state. Find the, you know, email the coordinator, say, yo, I'm so I'm in sobriety. I want to go out. I want to dance. Any suggestions? And then that could be the way where you could bring in the new year safely. All right. 
We talked about staying home. We did not talk about hosting your own party. So you could throw your own party at your house and just have it a dry party. Tell people, look, I'm not drinking. You could come by. We're going to eat some food and stuff. But this could be a party to celebrate your recovery. That's how you frame it. I want to throw a New Year's Eve party and celebrate my one year or my second month or my first week or my second day or my second year. Or like in my case, my eight years. December 15th was my eight year anniversary. I could say I want to throw a New Year's party. I didn't really celebrate that much on December 15th. I want to throw a New Year's Eve party, but it's a sober party, right? Um, They have a concept that I really love called live and let live. So that means like I'm at a point where I could be at a party where there's hard liquor and stuff and I don't get triggered because I understand that it's it's a social norm for people to drink. And for someone like me who's allergic to alcohol, I just can't. That doesn't mean I could have to judge or deprive others. But what this does mean is you have to be at a mature, a maturity level at, at a certain level of maturity in your recovery if you're going to play around with live and let live. Some people are just not there yet, and some people are not that solid in their recovery yet, and that's okay. That's fine. There was no way I was on a live and let live level my first four or five years. That's just something that recently started as I started maturing in my recovery. I don't care what other people do. I'm not drinking. I'm not doing it. I'm not thinking about it. I'm not craving it. I'm not going to get triggered. I don't care about trigger. I mean, I know my triggers, so I'm not worrying about that. I'm not drinking, right? But if you're new in recovery, don't play with it. Don't do the live and let live because you'll get around a bunch of people drinking and realize I don't have what it takes. I want to drink. And then that could become a problem. And you never want to be put in a situation where you're triggered. Now you're craving it. And then now you don't know what to do because that starts that sets off a cascade of emotions that could lead to another relapse relapse down the line. So, look, let's put a pin in that for a second. Let's jump to relapse real quick. The thing I want you guys to understand and I want everyone to understand out there is that we relapse mentally, emotionally, spiritually, psychologically, way before we relapse physically. So if you're not careful on days like New Year's Eve, it could set up the framework for you to start becoming sensitive later on to a possible relapse and open and prone to a possible relapse because you could get into an environment where you kept playing around and something triggered you. Then you started having cravings. And even though you pull yourself out that environment, now it starts playing in your mind. So you have to stay active. You have to stay part of your group, find a sponsor, find someone in AA or one of these other groups like smart recovery or, um, a thousand days sober or, you know, the many other numerous groups out there and reconnect with your support system. If you're part of Sober is Dope and you're listening to this, hey, Sober is Dope is probably your support system. You know me. If you listen to Sober is Dope, I'm always online. You can hit me up on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. I will answer. You can hit me up on YouTube. I'm on YouTube all day because we're building the YouTube channel. Hit me up, Pop. I'm struggling. We get we we start going back and forth. We could get to the bottom of it, right? I don't want anyone left behind and it's very important. So remember, you can host your own party and all of that and you have to understand what's at stake and you have to remember that you can relapse 
way before you actually relapse. So you could relapse mentally, spiritually, psychologically, and emotionally, right? So that's what they mean by emotional sobriety and things like that. You have to be emotionally sober. You have to stay sober-minded. You have to keep a healthy reminder of why you started. You have to remember the darkness. Never forget the darkness. Too many people get so far removed from the darkness of their addiction in recovery that they get complacent, cocky, and they feel like they could play games until they realize, wait a minute, alcohol and drugs are so insidious that I could just wind up compromised one day without even knowing it. And we don't want that. All right. So these are some of my tips. And I just really want you all to just stay focused don't overthink it and we could get through it. And um, I promise you I wasn't going to keep this long. I just want to wrap it with a few more things. I want you to practice how to say no. I want you to get comfortable with having a, a solid reply if someone offers you a drink. It should be well rehearsed. Like if someone offered me a drink, I'm like I already off. Uh, no, I'm good. I just ordered some coffee. I'm waiting for them to make another pot of coffee. The person stops asking me, um, let me buy you a drink or me. You know what I tell someone? Call, if someone offers you a drink, say, no, you know what? Can you buy me a shrimp platter instead? Because they're around the same price, but I'm, I'm hungry. I'm not thirsty. That's how you fix someone, right? Someone wants to play games with a drink. Make them buy you an expensive plate of food. I guarantee you they're going to stop asking you to buy anything. So, you know, can I get you a drink? No, but you could get me that lobster, the lobster on the menu. I want the seasonal lobster, the expensive one with the spicy sauce. Yeah, that one. Thanks. All right. And then I'm going to go over here and eat and wait for my lobster and they'll leave you alone. That's a little hack. But on a lighter side, just say, no, I'm fine. Get comfortable with saying, no, I'm fine. I'm not thirsty. Just say that I'm not thirsty. And if and I'm a, and I'm a big guy, I'm a big girl. If I'm thirsty, I could buy my own drink. Thanks. You know, you don't always have to say, no, I'm in recovery. You can just say I'm not thirsty. So get comfortable with saying no. Get comfortable with and have a, a healthy reply. Definitely ask for the lobster or, or the most expensive steak they have. If someone keeps at offering you drinks, you know, call the waiter over and say, you know, I want the ribeye. Put it on this person's tab. All right. Um, and again, celebrate New Year's Day, not New Year's Eve. I think that's brilliant. Like you could just tell people I don't celebrate New Year's Eve. I'm just going to be home watching TV tomorrow. I'm going to have a nice brunch and lunch and dinner with my family. We celebrate New Year's Day. You never really hear anyone getting drunk on New Year's Day. Everyone is already hung over. So if you make your party on New Year's Day, you're bringing in a New Year's. You're not really compromised by New Year's Eve. Um, lastly, just use common sense. Know what you're going to drink before you get to the restaurant. Know what you're going to eat. Know what you're going to do. Plan your exit. Know how you're going to react if someone is belligerent. Know how you're going to get home. Know how you're going to get there. Make sure you have numerous exit strategies in case one of your friends turn on you because you could go to a party with someone they relapse. And then now they're acting crazy and now you, you're sensitive because you're there by yourself. You might have to leave, then contact their family and the police and say, can you please go get my friend? I'm worried about them. But pull yourself out the situation first. And another thing that's cool before I go, if you're driving, be the designated driver. Be of service. 
right? If you go into a party, be, a, be help the host. Say, what do you need help with? I could serve the food. I could I could do the DJing. Do something because when you have service, you're you're no longer caught up in the rigmarole of the event. You're more like I'm part of the event. I'm almost like staff. I'm helping. So people have the expectation that the host and the help are usually sober. Right. They they're they're not going to be swinging off the chandeliers. They're they're hosting a party. So be of service. Volunteer to be the designated driver because now you're even more accountable. And then you have the benefit of driving all of your drunk friends home and you get a a healthy reminder of what it looks like at four o'clock in the morning when you drink all night. It's not a pretty sight. It never has been. It never will be. Now, I do want to say this. The Sober is Dope podcast and mostly all of us in the recovery community, we have nothing against people that drink. We have nothing against people who have fun and people who naturally drink responsibly because, you know what, there's a part of society where you can have a drink, have a crazy night, wake up the next day, go back to work, dust your shoulders off, and it's business as usual. You you don't suffer from an allergy of addiction. You don't suffer from the brain disease. You don't suffer from the necessary trauma or pain that brought most addicts to their addiction. You're someone that's neutral. You, this is an issue that doesn't really pertain to you. So we, I, I would never judge someone for having a good time because some people could drink and they could act they could act up. They could have a crazy night, but the next day they don't look for that drink. For us in the recovery community. We can't drink because we don't have a turnoff switch. We can't stop. So it creates a terrible cascade of events and and long binges that brings us to a terrible rock bottom point. We destroy our lives and possibly can die in the process. So for us, it's life and death. For someone else, it could just be a wild night on the town. But for the alcoholic, it's never just a wild night on the town. It's a wild year, a wild two years, a wild three years on the town until we crash and burn and hit rock bottom and hopefully get a, come back to life without losing our lives because it's life and death and it's real. So if I could leave you on with anything today, which is today is what is 1.46 a.m. So I'm doing this late. So you have it first thing in the morning. If you're listening to this, it's life and death for us. It's not a game. It's not a joke. There's people's lives that depend on us. We made promises to ourselves. We made commitments to God. We made commitments to family. And although we can mess up any other part of our lives, one thing we have to get straight and we have to make sure we're solid is in our recovery. We do not have the liberty to make a mistake there because I'm totally not a perfect person. I screw up all type of stuff. I'm still trying to learn how to balance my checkbooks and I have a college degree in business. I mean, I'm just human, right? But the thing is, I can't. I have to have 50 PhDs and be a scholar and a committed person when it comes to my recovery. I have to be bonded. It has to be written in stone. It has to be written in my DNA. I cannot drink. And for anyone who listened to the Sober's Dope Story episode one, I made a promise to God. 
All right. I made a real promise to God and I can't break that because that that promise is tied to my existence in my life. And I don't want to play with my life. Right. And I don't want you to play with your life. So when you wake up tomorrow and hopefully you're listening to this episode and you might be one of my friends and family from TikTok, you might be one of my friends and family from Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or just a podcast or my neighborhood or my high school or my college or someone that I met in the music industry, wherever you're coming from, however you know me, I'm Pop Buchanan. I love you. I want you to wake up and know today is a beautiful day. We're going into a beautiful year, 2021, a year of elevation. And this is a time for us to celebrate our recovery and not jeopardize it by relapsing because of some traditional day that has no real significance, more or less people's chance to just celebrate and party. All right. Our party comes from our victory and of us conquering our addiction. And I'm going to leave you there. Let's wrap. You're listening to the Sober's Dope Podcast. I love you all. I'm Pop Buchanan. Happy New Year's. Welcome to 2021. The next time you hear from me, it will be 2021, January 2nd, the year of elevation. Going Godspeed. I love you all. God bless you. And I'll catch you on the other side. When the bells all ring and the horns all blow And the couples we know are fondly kissing Will I be with you or will I be among the missing? Maybe it's much too early in the game but I thought I'd ask you just to say What are you doing, New Year's, New Year's Eve? Wonder whose arms will hold you good and tight When it's exactly that night, welcoming in the new year, New Year's Eve. Maybe I'm crazy to suppose I'd ever be the one you chose. A thousand invitations you'll receive Ah, but in case I stand one little chance Here comes the jackpot question in advance What are you doing?
one little chance Here comes the jackpot question in advance What are you doing? 